Hi everyone, our reading today is Psalm 13. Um, it divides into three sections. So section one is a lament, complaint. Um, section two becomes more of a prayer. And section three is a declaration of renewed hope. Psalm 13. O Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul? With sorrow in my heart every day? How long will the enemy have the upper hand? Turn and answer me, O Lord my God. Restore the sparkle to my eyes or I will die. Don't let my enemies gloat, saying we have defeated them. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall. But I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. Amen. Psalm 13 that Catherine read to us is a go-to place for me in times of despair and confusion. It has been for many, many years. And I like it because in my imagination anyway, as I read it, I see it as a psalm in three little short sections and each of them is a posture. And posture is very important in the search for hope. And now, this psalm doesn't even mention hope, but it takes you there. And I want us just to consider the three postures in this psalm. And the first posture is face down, prostrate. That's the starting position for finding hope. And it's the most unprotected of postures. You see, when you're lying face down on the ground, arms stretched out, you can't see anything coming that might hurt or harm you. You can't defend yourself. You're completely vulnerable. In fact, it's not even a good starting point for anything else. And internally, being prostrate means that we're desperate, perhaps maybe even having given up. It's the posture of what the Bible calls lament. And there's a whole book in the Bible called Lamentations about lamenting. The Psalms are full of lamenting. You will see it in other people's stories and lives throughout the Bible. Hope in its deepest, most life-changing sense begins there. It begins in lament. Sometimes this lament comes upon us by circumstances that are beyond our control. It just happens to us, and we have no need to consider lament. We find ourselves in it, deeply in it. But sometimes we have to decide to lament. It can be a discipline that we can exercise in our lives. A time when we pour it all out. Tell God how awful it is. Don't just moan and complain. Try to explain it. Try to express it. Try to get what it feels like out into the open. But don't expect it to go away. Because this is a life-developing process, possibly even a repeating cycle or process in our lives. I want to let Catherine read the words of lament again. O oh Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul? with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will the enemy have the upper hand? The second posture in Psalm 13 is kneeling. 
The reading of this psalm only takes a few moments, but I imagine the writing of it took months, maybe years. So take your time to progress from lament to the kneeling posture. Kneeling is the posture of prayer, of supplication, of begging for freedom. And when I say begging, I don't mean groveling. We're kneeling in front of a compassionate God who knows himself what it is to weep and to grieve and to hurt. So the posture of prayer is not a shopping list of needs. It's a heartfelt opening up of the nature of our internal, admitting our weaknesses and our failings, coming clean with God about what is really going on inside of us. Catherine, would you again read to us and read us the, um, the verses of prayer? Turn and answer me, O Lord my God. Restore the sparkle to my eyes, or I will die. Don't let my enemies gloat, saying, We have defeated them. Now, the third posture is standing, getting to our feet. This may not be the starting point in finding hope, but this is where we want to be. And it is the place where hope can be reborn in us. Hope in the usual sense in our world is a strange sense of optimism mixed with believing in coincidences and chance, those sorts of things. Like when you wait for a bus without checking the timetable, hoping one might come along. Driving into a car park that, all, uh, that says full at the entrance, but you hope there might be one space in there. Opening the letter from the hospital, not knowing what to expect. But this isn't the hope of the Bible. This isn't the hope of faith. The hope we're talking about is based on a number of things. The hope we're talking about is based on a knowledge of who God is, on a, a knowledge of how God works in the realm of his created order, a knowledge of who we are in relation to God, and an, and an understanding of where we sit in the realms of past, present, and future. Who God is, a compassionate merciful parent, filled with grace and love, a friend, one who gave all and gives all for the sake of people like you and me. How does he relate to his created order? As that parent, looking over and longing for a close personal relationship with children who have wandered away, who in all sorts of ways are estranged from him. But his searching and longing has never decreased at all. He's never lost sight of us. His attitude is mercy and grace and acceptance and welcome. His attitude to his creation is one of unconditional love and care. And who are we? The moment we turn even slightly towards this creator-redeemer, we walk into the fullness of the childhood of the royal family. We belong. We matter. We are safe. We have a future. We are developing and growing in spite of whatever the circumstances around us are. Read a biography of any of the greats and see how they came through the dark times. As the Northern Ireland football manager said, we learn more from losing than we do from winning. And he should know. 
And then finally, our place in this thing, past, present, and future. There's a, a phrase used in the funeral service that says that we are like grass and the wind blows over it and we are gone. It's like we are a moment. And of course we are a moment, but we aren't just a moment. We have been formed and nurtured. We are priceless jewels in the hand of the diamond cutter. We have eternal destiny that includes a purpose for this moment, a reason for everything that is happening. So in the light of who God is and how he relates to his created order and who we are and where our place is in this thing that will go on forever, let's stand. But I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me.